Welcome, everyone. You've tuned into Paradigm Shifters, and my Paradigm Shifter this week is one of our favorites, is an astrologer, but she has an amazing worldview, uh, a very astute understanding of politics. Um, she's got three books out. One of them is actually called Our Choice, Extinction or Evolution, written in cahoots with an analyst um, and uh Richard Spitzer and Linda Sherman. The other one is Fast Forward, Surviving the Race to the Future. What was the other one? It was... Um... The first one I wrote was What Next? A Survival Guide to the 21st Century. And that book was published in 2007. Uh, and, uh, and most everything that I forecasted in that book is actually played out. Really? <laughs> yes. It still is evolving. And the last one was published at the end of 2017. Rich Spitzer is a, an analyst. It was that uh, long ago, Wall eh? Okay. Mm -hmm. Not that long ago, no. Um, uh, that that was published. And we both agreed that we, we are at a tipping point in the evolution of humanity and life on this planet. And, and, and you think it's a choice, did. right? Yes, I, I do believe we still have choices. We still have choices. Uh, and there are always a, a lot of people who uh, are frightened and they go down the rabbit hole, so to speak, of fear and have lost confidence in anybody or anything and will believe any conspiracy theory out there. Uh, and then there are those who are trying to rise above this and come up with solutions. The biggest issue we have right now, and you guessed it, is not just climate change, but climate catastrophe. Mm -hmm. The second biggest issue is economic, severe economic inequality of opportunity. And every country that has reached that point, every civilization where they've had serious climate change and serious economic inequality, where the the lower classes were just starving to death and the upper classes were hoarding everything, you had revolutions. You had the French Revolution. You had the communist revolution in Russia and in China. All of those revolutions took place because of the severe problems that were going on in that nature, and they wound up with governments worse than the ones that they overthrew. Well, what was interesting is we were first talking, and I told you right at the very beginning something I'm not proud of, but I do get afraid, and the reason I get afraid is you watch people struggling just to get by, or we watch the lockdown, and we watch the uh, increasing corruption or the possibility of these corrupt politicians getting off with three years or that sort of thing. I go, we're going to have such a bloody uh, uh, rebuttal or revolution if we don't watch out. People have had the bun, right? Well, the problem is that most of today's revolutionaries are people that would prefer to install a dictator than those that would prefer to really siphon out where the problems are. And uh, it seems as if they're willing to blame people of a different race, a different religion, a different ethnic origin for all of our problems. It's the old scapegoat. It's very similar to the rise of Hitler and the Third Reich in Germany 
when he targeted the Jews and the gypsies and everybody but his white supremacist Nordic notion. Uh, this seems to be a very, very dominant theme. Secondly, and rightly so, so many people across the board no longer trust anybody, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's, it's a, 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 in any position. And they like to target the government because many of the people don't know personally who the bankers and the heads of corporations really are. And they don't know what they have been doing. And over the past 20 years, this is what I have been doing in my books and newsletters, uh, is, is say, where is this power concentrated and what mm-hmm. are they really doing? And the the top uh, 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 1% owns approximately 80% of this country's wealth. And I just and heard a breakdown that during the lockdown, the well, yes. the wealthy made three times as much money in that period of time than they had before. Absolutely, they continued to make record-breaking profits. Record-breaking. While the, while these other people lost their jobs, lost their house. We had the biggest epidemic of homelessness that this country has seen since the Great Depression. Uh, we have uh, so many people who have no chance in this. Mm-hmm. Not a shot. See, America is the idea. You can come over here, work hard, and have a shot. I get success it. And, and to have at least a middle class like that is long gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is dominated by this elite class of what I call banksters and plutocrats. And the problem is with the revolutionaries is they're not targeting those people. The people who voted for Trump and stormed the gates of the Capitol that were uh, saying Trump won the election. Trump is one of those people. (laughs) I know. You know, you want to put somebody into power who is the worst of the worst in terms of abusing his wealth and power and being a snake oil salesman and being... Uh, uh, lying all over the place. And but here, here, here's another thing: is we are living in a plague of of disinformation, including oh, him. Yes. He, he's the king of it all. But the thing is, is what you're talking about. You're right. But I'm going. Wait a minute. Worldwide, you can't believe the press. You can't be. You know, some of the press people are great, but you can't really believe what you hear because they're trying to put our brains in a certain thought process, right? Absolutely, Veronica. I agree with you. Uh, I I think also the advent of the Internet, which actually began in the late 80s, early 1990s, this we went with this thing without any cybersecurity institute. And look at now, we're having all of our systems are being hacked and invaded and in danger of being shut down. We didn't think about that. In all three of my books, I have stressed cybersecurity cybersecurity. Secondly, we didn't think about all this information that could go out over the internet, which is belongs to terrorists, crazy people, conspiracy theorists. And of course, the big thing that first came out was pornography and and those terrible sites. So there was the internet was a wild, wild west. You could just do anything and get away with it. There, there weren't any constraints or anything. Now we're suffering the consequences. There are no standards set anymore. Now, I'm a believer in freedom of speech. I I really am. Is it free? Wait a minute. If freedom of speech is meant to direct the thinking of hundreds of millions of people at a time, I don't think that's freedom of speech. I think that's conscription. 
it is, and it's abuse of mm-hmm. that. Uh, but it's it's really difficult to sort this out. Now, I think one of the biggest things that we need to talk about is who is behind this massive hacking and and interference and everything is Russia. Uh, Vladimir Putin is very, very mad at us for having crashed the Soviet Union. He blames the U.S. for the falling apart of the Soviet Union uh, in in the late 80s, early 90s. And uh, was it was it the fault of the U.S.? Pardon? Was it the U.S.'s fault? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I have to say. So it's a war. It it's was. a cyber war. Right. Yeah, and and uh, now they have created a cyber war and an invasion of the Internet and our systems and everything, because now our systems are all cyber run. Mm-hmm. Our entire electrical systems, our businesses, our well, everything is connected. And these recent hacks that took place the end of, of 2020 and are continuing now are mainly the Russians that are doing this. Uh, Putin claims he's not doing it. Well, you could call a criminal uh, organization in Russia is doing it, but I would suspect that Putin is very much behind it. Russia doesn't have anything but oil and gas. They have no other economy. Uh, all they want is to sell their oil and gas, and most of that money goes into Putin's uh, uh, laundered accounts all over the world. Uh, he has soaked the Russians dry. Anybody who obviously uh, challenges him gets assassinated or put in jail. But they have uh, a lot of been... oligarchs over there that have money as well, right? Yes, and, and he's they're in bed with Putin. They're his partners in all of this. The people at large aren't making much of anything over there. They're not prosperous. They're it, they're very impoverished, and they would like to throw him over. But anybody who emerges to run against him disappears or is killed or is put in jail, like Vladny. Uh, so the Putin is a military dictator. And, and don't misunderstand, Xi in China is a military dictator as well. So the China and Russia have reemerged as major adversaries to us and are behind many, many, many of, of the bad things that are going on. Uh, but people uh, honestly out there would rather blame people of color, immigrants, Jews, whatever, they, they, for all of our problems, rather than saying, look, what's been happening here? And how are the giant banks involved in propping up this class of, of plutocrats who are richer and richer and the rest of the nation is poor? They don't want to pay really good wages. Uh, they don't want to give benefits. They prefer a gig economy that people would work part-time or uh, under contract uh, because, uh, you know, the average wage, I say this over and over again, the average yearly salary of an Amazon worker in 2020, I don't know what the statistic is this year, in 2020 was $28,000 a year. And Bezos is the richest man alive. And, uh, you know, it, it just goes on and on that these guys at the top, it's a second Gilded Age. It's worse than the first Gilded Age. Hmm. 
Well, I want to ask you something simple. Uh, this is going to sound naive on my part, which, you know, about astrology, I am kind of. But is there something astrological that shows that there can be a dynamic evolutionary shift for the for the whole world? Yes. There is? The answer to that is yes. But say the whole world. It's not like every living person. Of course not, but it, 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 there must be a pattern, huh? Uh, yes, I, I think that the the astrological configurations, the, the magical year, as I call it, is is uh, 2026. Okay. That is coming up, and there are several things I believe. I actually believe <clears throat> we will move more in a direction of bringing back democracy, rather than stopping the vote. Uh, you know, and and shutting people down who are poor, and, and their only power is to go to the polls and vote for the best guy they can think of or guess gal they can think of. There is a fight for democracy, a fight for equality of opportunity uh, that is going on in this country. It's also going on around the world in each culture in its own way. There are these rebellions and these fights and enormous inequalities with the transit of Pluto in Capricorn, uh, which was there from 2008 until 2025. Uh, Pluto transiting Capricorn, as I've said many times before, was there in the Protestant Reformation in the mid-1500s. The Protestant Reformation, an outbreak of the plague, many of the monarchies were in trouble. And in the last time, Pluto transited Capricorn was the American Revolution. Oh and guess gosh. what we're having now? One we're would having only a hope. return. Mm-hmm. I, I said American. one would only hope because I think there needs to be some kind of revolutionary fervor in this country, but also in other countries because it's. Yes, too... there does. And yeah. there are obviously individuals all around the world who see, uh, 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 who are more enlightened, who see a better way of life, who see what we need to do. Uh, but I, I really do feel big things, several big things. Many, many, many nations are going to become uninhabitable. I said okay. this back in 2007 in my first book. Uh, okay. Exactly, due to climate. <clears throat> There's going to be severe because of the melting at the Arctic and the greenhouse gases. As you know, as you've heard so frequently, uh, global climate change and warming is going to have massive, severe consequences on many parts of the world. So you're going to see an exodus from certain areas into other areas. People are simply going to adjust by relocating. Uh, but we already have so many people on the move from places like Syria and so on, and nobody wants exactly. to take them on. So what's going to happen? That's going to create well, a this, huge this blood is going to be what, Yeah, this is going to be what we have to face. Right. Okay. Is in the countries whose climate is not as severe, we still have fresh water and farmland. The Middle East, North Africa, most of Africa, is going to become simply uninhabitable. Uh, many of the civil wars, including the Syrian, terrible Syrian civil war, the mess in Yemen between, uh, it's like a target war between uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran that have just devastated the people there. Many of these, uh, Libya, these civil wars that are going on are as a result of that part of the world. Their water has dried up. The Tigris and Euphrates rivers in Iraq are now creeks. 
the wells uh, stopped working and dried up in the Middle East back when we uh, talked about the Arab Spring or whatever in 2011. Mm -hmm. uh, in Tunisia, a food vendor set himself on fire to protest because they could no longer grow food or water their crops. Uh, and food prices skyrocketed. You had to import it. Uh, in Syria, part of the reason for this terrible, terrible civil war is their wells went dry. In, mm. and, and so that nobody is talking about the real reasons, uh, in addition to culture and economies. Uh, the Middle East, all they have is oil economies. They have almost nothing else that exists. And, and I feel that the mandate right now, the big, big, big mandate is we're facing the end of the age of oil and fossil fuel out of necessity. Thank you, This God. is going mm -hmm. to out of necessity. And uh, what I am seeing, and I think I've appeared on your show before mentioning this, mm -hmm. is hydrogen boron nuclear fusion is going to be the holy grail of energy. And since our last discussion, it is more and more fusion sites are opening up and research is going into this. There are four major sites, Livermore, California, one in Switzerland, one in Germany, and one in France that have what we call ignition. Now, hydrogen fusion, there's no pollution. There's an infinite amount of energy breaking the hydrogen atom and directing it. With absolutely, you're not dealing with uranium or plutonium or any of these horrible, toxic things. You're not putting greenhouse gases into the air. And it has been thought of as an impossible dream for many years now. They look at it being developed. All four of those chambers have ignition. And there's two new companies opened up in your area, in the Seattle, Washington area now, oh, okay. uh, that are doing fusion. Uh, and a, a company called Commonwealth in Cambridge, Massachusetts, made up of MIT geniuses and is located right across the street from MIT. Commonwealth is developing an infrastructure to implement it, to hook it up to our systems. And I feel by 2026, we're going to have some of these sites opening. We're going to see that this is going to be a major, may there be no more need for uh, uh, for oil and gas. Now, you don't hear about this on the evening news or anywhere. Why? Because the oil companies and, and fossil fuel companies are busy keeping this information from being, from appearing on the scene. Again, they have had so much power in, in our society, so much power in our culture. And President Biden is doing all he can to switch to solar and windmill and, and you know, all these things. How, do, how does solar, solar look? Does solar look good? I, I think it's going to improve. I think that area is going to grow. But there is no way that all the solar panels in the world and windmills that we could put up is going to make up for the energy uh, that oil and gas produce. They, okay. they don't even come close. That's the reality. That is the reality. And the, the cars, what does it take to build these cars? A lot of fossil fuel energy in order to make manufacture these cars and to make these batteries. And I'm all for it. I'm all for the electric cars and everything, but we are using tremendous amounts of fossil fuel to build those cars. Mm -hmm. And until we have this big solution, 
which is nuclear fusion. We're still going to be fighting the demons of of uh, gases and climate change and everything. Now, my feeling is it's going to take time. So many places on Earth, it's already too late for them. They're going to be moving, as you have pointed out, <clears throat> there's going to be mass migrations all over the world. And I want to say that the coastal regions of the United States, particularly the south coastal regions, Florida, the Carolinas, those areas, especially Florida, who most of it is at or below sea level, is going to be covered by ocean water. Okay. And the hurricanes are going to become increasingly severe. The recent accident, the terrible accident oh, with the building collapse in Surfside, water is seeping under it. These things are built right on the beach. Ocean water is rising. It's seeping into the interior of Florida and contaminating the Everglades with salt water. We, it, we're fighting a losing battle against the ocean in Florida, the Carolinas, everywhere, the southern United States, and then up where you are. Up, it, it, we've had the worst temperatures ever recorded. In I the summer, know. The Isn't that something? Wow. Well, the the thing is, uh, several years ago, uh, a couple of my clients from Alaska told me two or three years ago in January, come to Alaska and sit along the beach at 60 degrees. Wow. <laughs> we know that Alaska, the permafrost has been melting. The winters are a lot less severe than they used to be because it seems as if the greenhouse gases have collected at the poles, particularly at the North Pole. And so you have dramatic melting of the glacier and rising of temperatures. And those temperatures rising are Rising of water, pushed. too, right? Yes, exactly. The oceans are rising and the coral reefs are dying and fish are going extinct. I mean, if you look at the current realities, it, it, it's just devastating. Now, I, now, I want to say one other thing regarding Florida, for example. A lot of the people that are going to fall uh, into that mess are people who really don't know a lot of what's going on. You know what I'm saying? I think there's an uh, – is it naivety or, or ignorance or whatever, but it's some terrible tragedies in areas where people have no idea what to do. You know, Veronica, my philosophy is it's better to know than not to know. Mm -hmm. So for the past 21, 22 years of my life, I've been focusing on reading Scientific American and great papers by environmentalists and oceanographers and scientists and, and, and people who have been warning us about this. Mm -hmm. Most of these people in those regions do not want to see it, do not want to look at it. No, and, I know. And there is a and there's a big movement out of the Northeast down to Florida and the Carolinas as we speak. There's I know, because they think they're movement. going to better weather, which is crazy. Uh, they're going to find that it, it, they're going, they're walking into basically a series of catastrophes, depending on what part of the state they're in at what particular time. Uh, but it's just as if they don't want to face the realities that we do need to face. I but think wait a no minute, there's a lot of people that have moved down there who are from African descent, who mm -hmm. apparently 
have gone what they said was kind of back to get away from the the north and more into where their roots are so they can have a new kind of power so there's a naivety in that but there's an earnest innocence in that as well oh yes oh yes there is uh-huh. and when you're of african descent you're happier in a warmer climate it's just genetics but not just that you know. they wanted to be where they had the status of uh being empowered by one another and a lot of them are really educated you know but, yeah. I mean, I heard a whole bunch of stuff on that, but I just want to jump to another thing, which is the free energy generators, uh, free energy. What do you know about that? I don't know what that is, free okay. energy. Well, um, you know, my partner is a brilliant inventor, and uh, he, with a lot of the associations that he has, keeps bringing in the awareness of these different uh, energy generators, one of the multi-wave oscillators, that you use, uh, you set it up a certain way, and I'm, I'm really not very good at talking about this, but in any case, some of this stuff starts off because of the energies that are available in the atmosphere, starts off and they go infinitely on their own and create energy. And a lot of them are very strong healing forces. We'll, t- uh-huh. we'll talk about that another time when we can really do some research. Yes, it's not it. something I am familiar with mm-hmm. uh, in terms uh, – you may be talking about local things that people can have in their homes or in these local areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are all kinds of great inventions that mm-hmm. have been going on for years that don't get any subsidies from the big guys at all, mm-hmm. again, because of the oil and gas. Fortunately, because ideas. otherwise they would use those subsidies as a political push to knock the products off the shelf, right? Right. It, it, it has to do with the dominance a big bucks and they're trying to sustain whatever it is that they wish to sell and and it, and very few there's uh, some of them are coming around some of the billionaires want to change things they really do but most of the time they're just consumed by greed and narcissism and uh you know they they do not want anything challenged the fact that it was released that the three richest men in the world don't pay any income tax in i New know York isn't that amazing is it, that and all they can do is complain they offshore their taxes to the cayman islands and ireland and every tax free and biden in his new thing is trying to stop this he's creating laws you can't do this anymore if you're an american company you cannot offshore your profits to uh other nations and it's not just america i mean the europeans as well everybody who who uh uh, all over the world that that are making major money are offshoring their profits out of their countries of origin. But you know something, country- Linda, I heard it was a little bit like a trance. Once they're in that field of mutual recognition, they they live in a way that means they'll stay out of the, the melee or the uh, matting crowds or whatever you want to call it. They won't move themselves. Yeah. They will not be able to be because they're in a, some kind of a trance. It's like a and it's more than an addiction, but it's some way of being. This is a way of being, and it's life or death not to stay there. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a, it's a consciousness thing that they're in a kind of narcissistic trance, if you want to. I can't think of a better word to describe it, my world, the way I want it to be and forget everyone else, that they don't matter. Uh, it, it, but it's not new. I mean, this is. But they're afraid around. of everyone else for fear somebody will tweak their something you know 
Yes, I, I think that, a, a, like you said earlier, there needs to be a consciousness change. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that we have the capacity to change our consciousness collectively and move in new directions. But we need to produce leaders who have the courage and the intelligence and the knowledge to lead us this way mm-hmm. uh, because so many people who, who want to destroy the democracy here who want want some kind of dictator or cult leader uh, I call them the Kool-Aid drinkers <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. uh, anything it's an escape just like drug addiction is an escape and alcoholism is an escape uh, this becomes an, an escape uh, because we need people to be able to have a really good education. But where can they go? They don't trust anybody to educate them anymore. See, we have a, again, there's been such a violation of trust, such a, a mass inequality of wealth. Uh, the advent of the Internet, where you also can hardly trust anybody, right. it's very, very difficult to get our country back together where it was during World War II and the years following World War II, seeing ourselves as a nation united for good things, mm-hmm. for the things that have, the notions and ideals on which America was founded. Uh, it, it, I have seen in my lifetime almost a total loss of that. Well, I want to throw uh, something else in here, Linda. You and I were having a bit of a conversation before this, before this exciting part of our conversation. And that's, uh, uh, we were talking about you and your husband, and we do this too, doing a lot of meditation, because I have, I'm so aware that a lot of people around the world are doing some forms of meditation. Doesn't that throw us inside of ourselves and give us access to a higher level of what, what would you call it, uh, ethics, values? an awareness of uh, progress being inside ourselves and beyond rather than just superficially on the planet. Does that make sense? It makes all the sense in the world, Veronica. I completely agree with this. I think that meditation and prayer, some people call it prayer, but meditation and daily opening our hearts and minds mm-hmm. to the higher consciousness whose substance out of which we were created. Because I think we know are. it's there even if we swear against religion. You know what I'm saying? We know ethics inside, don't we? We do. I, I think there is an innate sense of right and wrong. Uh, and good and evil within all of us. I think we have this divine power within ourselves. And Mm -hmm. and meditation, we take ourselves out of the the false world, many people call it, like Mm -hmm. the Buddhists call this, you know, the false uh, world, Mm -hmm. and into ourselves where the true divinity exists. So when things come and go in your life, in front of you, events take place, and you're in that place. You're not afraid. Uh, you're you're feeling at peace. Uh, certain ideas and concepts come to you. Things that will help you come to you uh, in this time. But they don't come the way we're used to things coming. 
coming to us. It's, mm-hmm. As you well know, as a meditator, many times things just happen, come to you. You can be in the shower. <laughs> you can be out <laughs> planting your tomatoes. Yeah, often or, very inconvenient or, places, right? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. That suddenly an idea will come to you, a sense of peace. Uh, right before the pandemic, I had a personal experience in 29 it was august of 2019 and as you know i have a monthly newsletter that goes up once a month and i had this experience in late july uh in a meditation where all of a sudden this absolutely magnificent blue light just came down in front of me just it was absolute blue various from light blue to deep cerulean blue to whatever it was this is it just planted itself in front of me. Oh. I really, you know, I didn't know what it meant. I hypothesized that this might be uh, the goddess figure, the blessed virgin, the uh, the uh, healer, you know, healing light of blue or evolutionary light. I just, I said, I don't know what this is, but it's so powerful. And it came to me and it simply will not leave me. Oh, you still uh, got it? You still got it? I still got it. And uh. and uh, what happened is I published this in my newsletter, and it shared this with people under the final thoughts section of my newsletter, and I got so much response from people about the, the blue light, the blue light, oh, thank you for sharing that with us. It was like there was a real hunger to hear something like this. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it was right after that that the COVID virus broke and the pandemic broke. And I felt that it was the divine saying, you need this healing. You need the blue light for healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need what symbolizes the sacred, in many ways, the sacred feminine, uh, the nurturer, the mother figure that I had, had guessed that this might possibly symbolize. Venus. Uh, mm-hmm. Venus, exactly. Mm-hmm. That the nurturer, the caregiver, uh, the the healer was needed, and it just came to me. Uh, and uh, I, I just have never, since that time, my own inner psyche has been going through a, a transformation Yay. in which I have felt more at peace than I've ever felt before in my life with wow. whatever happens. Uh, and and I don't know. <clears throat> I think that it's still open whether humanity, as a whole, will save itself and save the planet. I think we will, but I think there are going to be fewer of us, and there will be settled in certain parts of the world where you can still live, where you have fresh water and farmland. And I think that's going to be North America, mm-hmm. Canada, the Middle. The Great Lakes is the biggest inland supply of fresh water in the world. Wow. And uh, they're busy. The Canadians and the Americans are busy cleaning it up because we dreadfully polluted it. <clears throat> and this industrialized farming using oil products as fertilizers, the runoff and everything that's been killing our water systems. Again, I think there's going to be an enormous transformation eventually. People are going to go where they can raise food locally, organically, where there's water. You can't live without water. Mm-hmm. In fact, people say, what's the best investment you could possibly make? I would say in water conservation and filtration. 
purification companies, which no one is even looking at right now. Uh, We're going to be so transformed into, into finding a way to save human populations and many of them are simply i was reading online today that that um uh, china japan indonesia malaysia are all opening up new coal mines to no. generate electricity oh gosh i mean it's 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 like suicide in a way uh, and they're not, you know, that's why but, I But say, let me say something here, which I believe, like, you know, we had the lockdown, of course. I remember saying, oh, my God, there's a billion people locked down at once in India. I couldn't even believe that number. Yeah. But in any case, as I looked at it as an intuitive, which, you know, I am, I saw, like, I, I, as if there's a whole world going around the whole world that was just a mess and dark and arguing and and parallel to it there was this deep purple blue all around the world and i kept hearing that there are many people coming to their own light because of the lockdown we're being pushed some of us to and it's always just some right to come to terms but even if those guys in Japan are doing coal mines, there are people there who are not, who are doing just what you're talking about, right? There is a parting of the ways what people, so many people are doing versus what so many other people are doing. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I believe that there is hope. There's a lot of people who have learned a lot from this pandemic and forced them to stay at home and think and meditate and be with the role differently it it, it uh, but some people have just been thrown into the street and are starving to death you know, I know. oh my gosh there, there's it has revealed this pandemic has revealed so many things uh about us about human civilization about us here in america it's interesting that there's a oh, it's an article in this past month scientific american about a person from india who is trying to remake the whole system there with organic farming and gardening and community cooperation and i've got uh that article i quoted on this month's newsletter which is the soothsayer for those soothsayer.com and it's just coming out again yes s-o-o-t-h-e-s-a-y-e-r soothsayer.com it's free for everybody it goes up once a month and i often quote articles and pieces of information that i feel are so significant that many people uh, haven't seen Uh, and this gives me hope that these people uh, over there are trying to do something very different because India, of course, got swept. Their their uh, leader uh, uh, was doing campaign rallies during the pandemic, oh. and so the, as you know, the virus just spread, and and hundreds of thousands, even millions of people have died mm-hmm. uh, in India now as the, as the result of this. Um, and we and we see all of these reports from different parts of the world how they handled this crisis. Like Brazil, I believe, like you do. There are people who have the blue light or the purple light, or there mm-hmm. are people who are in that, and then there are people who are not or who haven't found it. I think everybody has access to mm-hmm. this, uh, but the people who have not found found it. They're just drowning in fear and anger and bitterness. Uh, 
which keeps and it victimization. Out. And, mm-hmm. Yes, and, mm-hmm. and ironically, most people think they have to fight tooth and nail, yell at each other, shoot each other in a parking lot or whatever. And the opposite, as you and I know, is the meditation, Mm -hmm. the deep breathing, being alone and opening yourself up to the divinity, which is within you Mm -hmm. and without you, which is, is everywhere. The answers that we need will come through those revelations. The greatest scientist, Albert Einstein, said he got his theory of relativity in dreams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and know, he also said, I think it was him that said, remember, great ideas come through more than one mind at a time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. Uh, the, whoever has, you know, we're all like sort of the, the myth of the blind man and the elephant. Mm-hmm. And one feels the trunk, <laughs> one feels the leg, one feels the by one feels. And yet if we all got together and expressed what we were feeling, we'd have a picture of what the whole elephant looks like. Mm-hmm. And this, this, instead of fighting each other over what it is, let's get together, let's, uh, uh, we need to come together. People need to come together. Well, you know, uh, in my need, intuitive uh, stuff, I'm seeing that, and I saw this years ago, but it's really strong now, that America, the lines drawn to contain the description of what America is, are going to go around the world in these funny strips. I have no idea what that's about. But instead hmm. of it being as if it's uh, the same shape, it's not. It's got a strength, but it goes around the world in these like strips of consciousness or political doodah. And other countries will do that as well. I, I just keep seeing it, and I have no idea what exactly it means. Well, that, I think that's a wonderful vision. It, it, because really, America, as some people, historians are saying today, is an idea of equality, of mm-hmm. dignity for all human beings. Dignity, respect. That all human yeah. beings should have equal opportunity. Now, our country was founded by a bunch of slave owners, and we know, know that. Yeah. But the point is they had those, and women, when the Constitution was created, women didn't vote, and they had no property rights, mm-hmm. and slaves, mm-hmm. and, and Native Americans. and But these great ideas came out of a pretty terrible time. Mm-hmm. Uh, from people who were doing terrible things, but they're still great ideas. And I heard that, I that a lot of the American Constitution was based on um, Indian Native uh, principles when these guys came over oh, from yes. England. It's, something, it's interesting you bring that up, because I live here in Ithaca, New York, mm-hmm. wh- wh- on Lake Cayuga, which was a giant meeting place for all of the Indian nations in these areas that would come together every year at, at Cayuga Lake. And by the way, the the head of those Indian Nays, the chief governess was a female. Oh. Uh, and yes, and they came together and they would trade. They would have, some of them would have corn, some of them hunted, some of them fish. You know, they would trade with each other and be in a great big, huge tent together, and they would decide what their laws were going to be, and they had mutual respect for each other. It, they voted. The representatives voted. In fact, they said that George Washington got some of his ideas about democracy from these Native Americans up here. Oh, I did hear that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So this, And unfortunately, then we committed genocidal massacres of them. Uh, after that. Uh, but my feeling is that the original ideals and notions 
uh, believe me, everybody wants to translate it as capitalism versus socialism, and I'd like to get rid of those names. Me, me too, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would just like to completely, because they have untrue connotations in both directions, mm-hmm. that a system of entrepreneurial business combined with social safety nets would make a truly much better working society where both are regulated and are, and are careful and balanced a balance between but also where respect is where respect is a very high value in in and amongst it you know that's exactly mm-hmm. except that people have a shot of creating their own businesses and everything and at the same time we have social safety nets that keep people out of dire poverty and disease and going into the gutter you know you have you need to have a balance there and that's i think we were trying to do that here but it it always seems to fall off the cliff when the people with the most money and power wind up uh uh, taking over and financing the campaigns of the politicians and dominating the media discourse. And now we have what we have. We have the second American Revolution. And I think that we need to look at the original ideal of equality of opportunity for all men, women of all ages, sexual orientations, races, religions, tribes, everything, that we should all be coming to the table and having intelligent uh, dialogue with each other, uh, uh, talking to each other. If we disagree, that's fine. Let's do it within a civilized context. Let's present our cases. Let's have intelligent debate. Uh, That is not going on right now. Uh, it's just not happening, and we're going to need that kind of governance. We're going to need that kind of world in the days and years to come. Now, tell As me said, this: I, is there a global uh, is there a global chart? Uh, not that I know of. Okay. There are uh, people that talk about the world chart, uh, which is uh, the cardinal zero degrees of the cardinal signs. Um, uh, uh, I I do not know. I think we we have uh, actually dates, times, and places. Of course, that nations were created. We have the charts of nations, and then when the nation breaks up or changes, we have the chart of when our charters of when they were created again or recreated. We go by those charts. We have a chart. Uh, for the USA, there are several charts for the USA because it, it's, uh, uh, you know, there was a lot when we won the war and everything. I like to use the U.S. Declaration chart, which was July 4th, 1776. Mm-hmm. Uh, an astrologer by the name of Sibley uh, uh, it, it claimed it was 5.10 p.m. that the last signature was put on this declaration, and I have found this chart for the United States works very, very well for me, uh, uh, I have to say. And um, uh, so I use that chart in predicting the cycles and the issues and themes that come up for the United States. And when I look at this chart, its progressions and the trend. We are obviously going through a very difficult time, and it's reminiscent of the 1850s, mm-hmm. the time prior to the Civil War. 
I don't really think we're going to have a formalized civil war as the terrible war was in the 1860s. Unless it's the uh, war with the climate. Yes, I think it's going the climate and economics is going to trump everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, we're, people are simply going to go where they can live and survive and work together and create a better life. And where they can't survive or work together or create a better life, uh, they're, they're either going to frankly perish or they're going to go where they can and that's what we're going to see in in, in this time period. Uh, we're going to see these. Now, one more thing I have to say Please. that almost no, very few are talking about is we are actually, right now we're in a uh, what you call a minor solar maximum where flares are starting to come from the sun, okay. which is not good because that increases global warming, by the way. Oh uh, more flares. However, this is a minor. I feel the planets are telling me that we're going to go into a long-term solar minimum. And the solar minimum, the last time we had was the mini ice age that took place around the time of the American Revolution, by the way. Now, if we go into a extended solar minimum, uh, we there may, this may give us a break from the massive warming and and severe climate catastrophes that could affect us. There could be a modification. Nobody knows for sure uh, because the melting and the accumulation of greenhouse gases is up there at the North Pole right now and everything is melting like crazy. However, uh, if we get an extended solar minimum, which is the minimum number of storms on the sun, that usually institutes a global cooling. So it will be interesting to see if that might save us, if that might be a a possible cycle that gives us a shot. And during that time, we stop using fossil fuels. We find the answers, how we can create a healthy uh, planet and restore life to this planet and come up with healthy means of governance and self-regulation. Uh, if if we have a shot, I think we have a shot at this. I don't think we have a guarantee of it. Well, that makes sense to me. I mean, that's, this is incredible, isn't it? What an incredible time it is to be alive. It is. But I, I have to say, I am so inspired by my wonderful grandchildren and where they are in their lives and how they're speaking and thinking this younger, younger generation. And uh, when I have my grandchildren here, they gather in my room. They all want their charts done. They want to discuss the signs that there is a renewed interest in astrology. They're not necessarily interested in studying astrology as my group was back in the 1970s, Uh, but they're interested in its value and use it as a universal system of forecasting cycles and climates and dealing head-on with issues that they need to face. Hmm. And so I am very, very That's happy inspiring, about actually. that. That's inspiring, actually, yeah. It is. I'm so inspired by these youngsters uh, 
uh, they've had to face a breakdown in our societal norms mm-hmm. uh, all the way around. And part of the fear that, that's going on is the breakdown in the institution of marriage, uh, in the family. Uh, and there is a, it, there's a genuine fear on that part. But many times the people who fear it the most uh, are the ones. The cure is worse than than leaving it alone and allowing it to happen. So uh, we have it, how society is going to be organized, uh, uh, social, uh, you know, uh, all all of these things. These institutions are being challenged today. And how are these young people going to remake these things? I bet you they're uh, going to use be- values more than we have for a while. I hope so. I, be, I, I, I bet. I just think it makes sense somehow because I see them making, I'm just making it up as an intuitive right now, but I see them making connections with people in very interesting, different environments because of camaraderie or because of being able to get along or because of sharing vision or something like that. I agree with you completely, Veronica. They don't have the prejudices, many of them, and the bigotries and the fears. You know, they accept each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, are. I think the key is we're now officially in the age of Aquarius. From uh-huh. December, the conjunction of the Jupiter-Saturn in, in Aquarius in December of 2020, which will last about 2,100 years. And it truly does give me hope because Aquarius tends to be brilliant and innovative. We could in, invent our way out of the crises and the best side of Aquarius is the side that believes in friendship, equal Uh opportunity, Mm -hmm. uh, not condemning each other for having a different viewpoint, but bring them on to the team. Let's gather together. Yeah, I don't think of Aquarius as really possessive or anything. Uh, It isn't uh, by nature. The the downside of Aquarius is it can be like a a robot-like. Oh, okay. uh, it could be uh, so into technologies that it dehumanizes. I mean, the, the people that say the robots are going to take over the world, that's the dark side mm. of Aquarius. I call it the Frankenstein side. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, being an optimist, I think that the better side of this age, the respect for people with different that come from different backgrounds and different viewpoints and bring them together on our team. Let's mm-hmm. see ourselves. Even people who want to change their sex back and forth. I mean, that's pretty interesting, too. Uh, it is. Uh, and again, I don't know what is behind this. I suspect that that has always been with us. Uh, that the that the what uh, the sex a person is born into may not be the sex that that person is internally, uh, and we're recognizing that now. There have been people uh, that simply didn't come out or didn't. Uh, same thing with being gay or lesbian; they never came out. They mm-hmm. never expressed it. They hid in the closet. You know. Now all of this is coming out, and it threatens a lot of people. <laughs> no. uh, it makes and, me and laugh because, of course, it does. It's terrifying for some people. Well, the interesting thing is regardless of what your sexual orientation is, you still want the same things. You want to find somebody to love. Mm-hmm. You want to live with people in love. Mm-hmm. You want to often have children. You, you know, you want to have a family, those same 
same things are there. They're just different kinds of people that want them. And what's wrong with this? Yeah, that's where we anything. maybe will unify is knowing that we are the same in many ways, even though and the variety uh, yeah. is is also has once you accept it's just like accepting people of different religions different races different cultures different and once we come together and say you know i appreciate what you're doing or saying let's talk about it 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 changes things it, it actually can strengthen you mm-hmm. uh, yeah it, i like that and strengthen humanity it, the there's always a thing in nature, the hybrids are the strongest, by the way. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I have to end this, Linda, but I think we should end it with, uh, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's very vital. But um, uh, let's end it with a little bit of advice for people, which I'm thinking of is probably helping people focus on the truth of who they really are through versions of meditation. What do you think? I agree with that, Veronica. I couldn't give any better advice than to take the time at least once a day, if not several times a day, to find a quiet place in your home or in your room and breathe deeply and rhythmically and open your heart and soul to something higher and greater and listen to what that divinity out of which you were crafted and molded has to say to you as an individual. I feel that is all important. And there are always answers that come to us, aren't there? Yes, Mm -hmm. there are. Well, you are a wonderful, uh, inspiring friend, and thank you for being a paradigm shifter. Well, thank you for having me, Veronica. Thank you so much. And we'll talk again. This is a very vital time to be to be in touch, Miss Linda Sherman. And don't forget to get soothsayer.com. It's a freebie, but it's got a lot of information and references. You'll enjoy Linda Sherman's uh, presentation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Veronica. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Paradigm Shifters, and we'll be in touch. Many blessings. Thank you.